Eye on 2020, episode 38. Have 2020 Vision with Eye on 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. Hey everybody, it's Ray Eaton, your host of ION 2020, the place that you're coming on a daily basis for the news and events leading up to the 2020 election. Appreciate you tuning your ears in today, and I certainly uh, hope to bring you all the best news that I can find on a daily basis. Uh, That's what I try to do. I scour these news sources for you, trying to look for any new information that comes out with regard to these candidates, the things that are going on on a day-to-day event. Um, Weekends usually get a little bit busy for these candidates as well. They do a lot of uh, talking, a lot of events during the weekends as well. And uh, that's the things I've been looking for today as well, is to find some of those things for you. Uh, really important, you know, to, to let you know what's going on with these guys, um, guys and gals. You got the Democrats, they're running. They got a very uh, broad field of people. I think there's about, you know, 12 or 13 that have announced so far. And then they have, you know, a bunch that are planning on announcing and so forth. I actually got a little freaked out this weekend. I got a uh, I was looking through some Facebook feeds and stuff and came across the post that said Hillary Clinton announced and I about flipped out and uh, I said to my wife, I said, man, Hillary Clinton just announced that she's running for president. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. And then, uh, then I started looking into the article and it was from 2015 when she announced her presidency, so or for her candidacy for president back then. So, uh, but people are putting, you know, fake news out there and things like that. So that's my job is to get out there and uh, read these articles and find all that information for you so that you don't have to, right? Because uh, never fun, never never the most exciting thing looking through all these news articles, sorting through what's fake and what's real and what's uh, what's good and what's bad and so forth. So leave that up to me. My name is Ray and I'm your host and I appreciate you uh, listening. Go ahead if you can, go ahead and subscribe to the show, uh, review it. But the main thing is to subscribe. The more listeners I get, the better. And the more you know, good reviews I get, the better. Give me a five-star rating if you can as well. Whatever podcatcher you're listening through. Uh, I'm on iTunes. I'm on Apple Podcasts. On Stitcher. On Google. Uh, Google Podcasts. The whole nine yards. That's where we're at. And uh, you can find it on, you know, find just by searching ION2020 on any of those as well. Uh, but, what, you know, while you're listening, go ahead and subscribe as well. You might as well, right? Um, to me, that's important. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am I, it's called, it's at I on the empire. And there I post news articles that I find, uh, and you know, different things that I see going on as well. Uh, to me, it's important to, uh, update that on a daily basis as well. As long as doing the show on a daily basis, Monday through Friday for you, five days a week, bringing you all of the news, all the information that you're going to need to make a decision on this 2020 election. Now, I do come at this from a libertarian perspective if it's your first time listening. So when I critique these candidates, when I critique their views, I'm looking at it not from a Republican side, not from a Democratic side, but from a libertarian perspective. When I say libertarian, I don't mean libertarian party. I mean libertarian, as in my point of view, is a um, 
very minim, minimal government. Get rid of as much government as you can, even to the point to say that uh, we could even localize the government. But libertarians, we believe in a, the idea of a non-aggression towards other people. So um, not being aggressive towards other people and not asking other people to aggress on other people for us as well. Those are things that we believe in. Uh, as libertarians, and those are the principles that I come at when I'm looking at a candidate is is this government is this person trying to use the government to confiscate someone else's stuff or the government to you as a brute instrument of force to force you to do something uh, that you don't want to do right that's that's the way that we look at it so but I thank you for coming out and listening today and I think I got some good news articles for you and that's what I'm going to cover uh, for the first part of the show as well so I've always said I'm going to try to bring you guys a couple different news articles throughout the um, throughout the week as well. You know, each of these shows, sometimes I just cover a specific candidate. Sometimes I cover a specific issue. Sometimes I cover a political party. Uh, this one, I'm just going to kind of go over some news articles with you. Uh, some of the things that are going on, some of the happenings that are happening within this election cycle. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. So the first thing I want to talk about today was Bernie Sanders. Uh, he announced last week that he was going to be running for president. Um, surprise, surprise, we all kind of knew that, right? Um, but I think in the 20, first 24 hours, he was able to raise $6 million for his campaign. I think it automatically puts him as the front front runner for the amount of money raised uh, for the political campaign. And I don't know where he's getting all of his money from. He seems like he, he has that broad group of supporters, right, that supported him last time. And as soon as he announced, you know, they started throwing money at him left and right, I'm sure. And that came through online donations and so forth. But $6 million, that's amazing, right? And uh, I think I remember Ron Paul was able to raise, you know, a couple million dollars in 24 hours. He'd have those money bombs. And Bernie Sanders kind of models himself after the Ron Paul movement in the sense that he's calling it a revolution. He's calling it something uh, to, to get people to get on board with this thing. And he says, this isn't a revolution of me, it's a revolution of you. You know, and he he, he really has a message that kids seem to like, younger people seem to like. And, you know, throwing $6 million at this guy in 24 hours, that's pretty amazing. I just wanted to let you guys know that because I think it puts him as the front runner. That's what I've been reading, that it puts him as the front runner for the most money raised so far. And he's not getting it through you know, corporate donations and things like that. They're individuals that are donating to this guy. And, you know, they like his message. Um, a lot of the candidates today, though, what I've heard and what I've been reading is that I actually heard someone say this the other day when I was, um, not heard, I read this the other day. Someone said that they're not supporting Bernie Sanders. He's, la you know, he's from the last election cycle that he's found new blood to vote for. Um, but they all seem to have the same message, right? They're like most of these candidates. They're for this Green New Deal thing. They're for the fifteen dollar minimum wage. They're for um, Medicare for all, free college tuition, free child care. All these people, they have the the very very similar messages. It's all about the handouts that they're going to give you. Um, even some of them now are even talking about reparations for slavery, uh, for black people, and so forth, um, or for African Americans. And you know, to me. Um, it seems like to me, when I look at this from my libertarian's perspective, um, it seems like these people are just trying to be the ones that could buy the most votes, right? Who can have the most handouts for the most amount of people is what it comes down to. And there was, um, Frederick Bastiat said something to the effect of, um, when, it, when we get a government, 
or when we get a group of people that realize they can use the government to confiscate wealth from other people and so you know as a as a instrument to confiscate from other people um you know the republic will fall at that point and that's what it seems like that's what the younger generation is all about now you know they all want free health care free this free that from the government they want the government to be in control of all this stuff which to me that's you know that's a dangerous slope to be on but when i look at it from a libertarian's libertarian's perspective it just makes me realize that you know maybe this country is on a slippery slope at that point because of the fact that all the these kids that's what they you know these people that are voting nowadays they just want to give everything they want the government to cover everything and they want to have you know everything free for them and there's nothing that's free in this world and they just don't realize that um but libertarians we need to go out of we need to take a huge step and realize that we need to be educating people on the on the you know the values of liberty the values of personal responsibility because those are the things that um are gonna uh, those are the things that are gonna um i don't know resonate with people maybe i don't know it's confusing now to see how many people are interested in the socialist movement that bernie sanders has inspired but they do and you know he's inspired a lot of people and a lot of these candidates now from the democratic ticket they are all about um more government and that's that seems to scare me so uh, but i'll move on from that i just want to let you guys know you know bernie sanders was able to raise six million dollars in 24 hours and uh he seems like he is moving you know forward as the as the front runner and that could be a good thing for the republicans from when you look at it from a republican standpoint that could be a good thing because he's a far left candidate so it's going to inspire people to vote for donald trump that are on the you know a little bit closer to the left um maybe some of these democrats that are you know just blue collar workers and so forth they might vote for donald trump because of that uh you never know cuz i don't think bernie sanders has the that blue collar support that Donald Trump would have. So we shall see how that comes out, but he's able to raise $6 million so fast. And, uh, a lot of these candidates that are, you know, kind of like his little proteges and so forth. Those people are, um, basically spitting the, like spewing the same message that he, he has, and that doesn't differentiate them too much. So Bernie Sanders, $6 million raised in 24 hours. That's pretty strong. Um, and we shall see how that helps him out. So I was bringing up something about the idea of reparations. And what reparations is, is uh, the federal government paying, uh, traditionally this is what it's been, is that the federal government should pay uh, African American folks for uh, the past slavery that they that they were you know forced to be part of because that was part of the law in america and some people have expressed uh expressed that reparation even even the libertarian movement have expressed that reparations are a good thing um but from a personal property standpoint right like if you can prove that your ancestors worked on you know this thousand acre plantation then whoever's the owner of that plantation the family of that plantation should pay you something for the labor that you had for, you know, the generations that you're on there. And that's, you know, if you can prove that, then you should have some type of reparation, maybe, you know, a piece of that property or something. And some, you know, some libertarians have said that that should be, I can't remember specifically who it was, but they said that that can be an issue, but not from the federal level, 
that you know i don't think libertarians ever make the point that on the federal level they should have reparations because there's no way to prove um in the court of law i guess that you know the the federal government should just pay pay african americans for you know their part in their their ancestors part in slavery because obviously no american today no african american today it was actually in slavery it was their ancestors and you can you can see i can see the side of the of the property owner on a specific plantation and their ancestors paying people or having to you know sell that land or something um to pay compensation over time i mean i, I could almost see that um that would be a very hard challenge it would be something that would be very hard to challenge in court uh, you'd have to be very specific to prove it as well um but it would have to have in the court of law. I just don't think that a candidate should run and say, hey, we should just pay all African-Americans X amount of dollars. And Elizabeth Warren, what her idea is, is for African-Americans and for Native Americans. Um, and Native Americans were treated brutally in the 1800s in this country. Um, and that's a fact. And, you know, before that, there was a little bit more peace. There was these little wars here and there and so forth. But in the 1800s with the, with, with, um, different presidents, you know, forcing the, forcing the migration of Indians, uh, Native Americans into these reservations and so forth, uh, with the Trail of Tears in Florida and so forth. I mean, those are things that were just uh, terrible, terrible things that happened with, with these populations of uh, Native Americans. And uh, maybe the federal government should have some type of play in that. I don't know. Um, it was the federal government at the time that did it to these people. So, um, but I just don't think that today it's not going to fix any problems that, that these communities have at this point. Personal responsibility can fix a lot of problems in this world and just realizing that, you know, we can just move on from the past and uh, move forward in the future, you know. But this is what this article says. 2020 presidential hopeful Senator Elizabeth Warren expanded on an already radical proposal on Friday telling reporters that Native Americans should be part of the conversation on reparations for African Americans a move that threatens to bring back her own history with Native Americans, because obviously she is a Native American, 1,024th or something like that. Um, so anyway, she brought that up. I, th I know Julian Castro, or Julian, was it Julian Castro? He is uh, for reparations, and so is Kamala Harris. And I heard someone saying the other day that, you know, we're just trying to, they're just trying to buy votes specifically. And that could be true. I mean, these people are just trying to have as radical of an agenda as possible in order to get elected, it seems like to me. And the further left you go, the better it is in this primary, it seems like. And I don't know if that's going to be a winning strategy for the Democrats. Um, I just don't think that's the case. So, yeah. So anyway, those are, that was what Elizabeth Warren had said. And I, you know, I know that Kamala Harris and Julian Castro are for these reparations. And, you know, from a libertarian standpoint, I just, you know, the, the federal government is the one that did a lot of these things to the Native Americans, the African American population. Back then, I think that it would be more of a property rights issue for them, but you'd have to prove it in court. So that's where I come at from that. But um, in my opinion, it's just, these, are, these people are just, you know, posturing political posturing right now to try to buy votes from people and that's the way that i take it whenever she said those whenever elizabeth warren said those things our boy bill weld he is running for president i brought this up last week during one of my shows 
Bill Weld has announced he's going to run on the political, or he formed an exploratory committee to go ahead and run against Donald Trump. And there's been some preliminary preliminary polling done in New Hampshire. And what they found was that 85% would vote for Donald Trump and 15% would vote for Bill Weld if that was a head-to-head race, just him and Bill Weld. And uh, to me, that says something huge. I say that just like Donald Trump, right? It's huge, it's huge. But uh, it says that, you know, Bill Weld has no chance in hell. And the reason why I say that is because New Hampshire, so Bill Weld is popular in Massachusetts. He was the governor of Massachusetts two times. And uh, he should have some some sort of support up in New Hampshire. And when you look at the polling, you know, 15% would vote for him and 85% would vote for Donald Trump. What does that say in places like South Carolina, places like Iowa, where Bill Weld is not even known? Uh, you get down to Florida, you get over to New Mexico. Uh, he might have, or Arizona, I think, is the one. No, it's Nevada, sorry. Uh, Nevada is the one that goes early as well. And he's hardly known in those places as well. So, I mean, this guy has no no chance at all. And he's just not, I don't know if it's for his own sake to get his name out there. He's an older gentleman, so I'm sure he doesn't have a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, desire to even be president. I think he's just trying to... Um, be a force, I guess, again, or just be someone that could speak out against Donald Trump, because I know he doesn't really like the guy and what he's doing. So, but Bill Weld, 80, 85% of New Hampshire even, would only vote for Donald Trump. And to me, uh, that just says something that he has no, there, there's no chance that he's going to get anywhere. And if you look at any other candidates that might run against Donald Trump, John Kasich, I mean, that guy um, has an ice cube Ice Cube's chance in hell of getting elected as well. Uh, there's no chance that, you know, there, there, there's not going to be a primary against Donald Trump. Um, if there is, it'll be over by Iowa and then New Hampshire and then if not by South Carolina for sure. Um, and then Donald Trump becomes, you know, the, the Republican nominee. And I've, I've even read an article, and I talked about this last week as well, that there's not a lot of desire even in the Republican Party or in the uh, local the local chapters of the Republican Party to even uh, have someone primary against him. It's just not something that's in the cards. So in an effort to uh, force Donald Trump to release his tax returns, there was another article that came out this week, and it said that New Jersey is making it so that you have to release your top or your last five tax returns, the last five years of tax returns, in order to even get on the ballot in New Jersey. I don't know that this would go anywhere. I just think that um, it would probably be challenged in the Supreme Court as well by the Republican Party because that's it's not mandatory, I don't think, for a... Or it is not mandatory for a president to release their tax returns. It never has been. I think it's only been in about the last 50 or 60 years that candidates have. And obviously the income tax has only been around for a little over 100 years, Right. And it started off as just a very small income tax of 1% on the very, very wealthy people. And then it kind of became, you know, I think it went up to like 90% on a certain amount of wages um, back in the 1950s and 60s. But uh, still, it's only been, you know, the last 50 years or so that uh, people have, that candidates have released their tax returns. Uh, They do have to do a financial statement, I think, whenever they 
announce their candidacy or whenever they become a candidate, they have to release these financial statements and so forth, but they don't have to release their tax returns. So by New Jersey doing that, they're trying to get it passed through. And that is the way to make it so that Donald Trump can't even get on the ballot. Um, I'm sure a lot, enough people would write him in, but I don't think Donald Trump has any chance of winning New Jersey anyway, so it's not really probably that much of a big deal. He's going to get his, uh, he's going to get his, you know, he, if he wins those electoral college votes, uh, if he wins the state of New Jersey, it, it probably won't even happen, right? So I don't think he has to worry about that. Um, he did win Pennsylvania, though, so, I mean, those blue-collar workers in New Jersey, they might vote for him. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, that's the that was the kind of the biggest news, one of the bigger news, is of, news pieces of the weekend that I saw, and that was just specifically to get Donald Trump, you know, to release his tax returns because he hasn't done it yet. He still says that he is, you know, being audited by the IRS. I, I tend to believe that he would be audited by the IRS, and there are ways to keep that in court for a long time as well. So uh, he could just battle that out for the next 10 years if he wanted to, I'm sure. Uh, but hey, guys, I appreciate you listening to Ion 2020. This is your place to find all the news, all of the re- events that are going on related to the 2020 election. Go ahead and subscribe to the show for me if you can. And please come back tomorrow where you'll have clear vision for the 2020 election.